You're listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From January the 10th, 2021, at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida, the text is Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John, the baptizer, appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. And now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. So during a challenging week, I've found some reprieve by internet memes, and I'm going to share a couple of my favorites with you. The first one says this. It says, I'd like to cancel my subscription to 2021. I've experienced the free 10-day trial, and I'm, I'm not interested. The second one is this. It says, we... We spend $750 billion annually on defense, and the center of American government fell in two hours to the Duck Dynasty and the guy in the Chewbacca bikini. (laughs) You've seen those pictures, right? So to me, humor is a needed reprieve from the events that unfolded this week in our nation's capital, which were no laughing matter. And just a word on my style today, I'm sticking to my manuscript because I'm choosing my words carefully today. (laughs) Now, if you were like me, you watched in horror as those who assailed the Capitol apparently attempted to overthrow Congress, the legislative branch of our government, as Congress performed the sacrosanct duty of confirming the results of a democratic election. Now, for 244 years, this task has been perfunctory, kind of like an afterthought. But that wasn't the case this year, was it? So this riot was different from other uprisings we've seen in recent months. It was different because of where it happened, inside our nation's capital. And it was different because 
This insurgency sought to overthrow Congress, not at the ballot box, not through the power of the pen, not through rhetoric or persuasion, but via a violent attack. And it appears that some of the capital intruders intended to take hostages, or maybe worse. They came dangerously close to those in the line of presidential succession, including the vice president, a Republican, the Speaker of the House, a Democrat, and the President pro tempore of the Senate, a Republican. Now, I named their parties because, folks, this insurgency was not about conservative versus progressive. It wasn't left versus right. It wasn't Republican versus Democrat. We have both conservatives and progressives in our church family, beautiful, wonderful people, each one. This wasn't about all that. No, what happened at the Capitol was outside the norms of a two-party system. This was an extremist attack that left five individuals dead, including a Capitol Hill police officer. It breaks my heart that symbols of the Christian faith were on full display, co-opted for something unchristlike. In pictures and in video, you can see the Bible you can see the cross. You can see homemade, flat, homemade signs that says, Jesus saves was one that I saw. And you can even see the Christian flag, the very flag that stands here on our chancel. You can see the Christian flag being paraded around in an empty congressional chamber after members of Congress had been evacuated. And in the middle of all these Christian symbols, rioters erected makeshift gallows complete with a bright orange noose. And in this made-for-TV chaos, rioters spoke of revolution. Emboldened by this victory, it is being reported that future attacks on our democracy are already being planned on social media. The tragic events of January the 6th, 2021 may, may be just the beginning. But here's the deal. Any hate-fueled, violent revolution is antithetical to the Jesus that I know. Now, to be clear, Jesus launched a revolution, but his revolution was non-violent, fueled by love. The Jesus revolution didn't begin with an armed, angry mob storming through the temple. And in fact, the one time we see one of his followers commit an act of violence, remember when Peter took out his sword and cut off Malchus' ear when they, were trying to, when they arrested Jesus? Remember what Jesus did? He rebuked Peter, told him to put his sword away, and he healed Malchus' ear. So the Jesus revolution didn't begin with some violent scene at the seat of government. It began in the wilderness, in a river, in the cleansing waters of baptism. There were no flags waving to our knowledge, no weapons of war drawn, no violent clashes resulting in death. But you know what there was, however. There was a dove, the symbol of peace, descending. John baptized Jesus, and the scriptures tell us that when Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart, torn apart, and the Spirit descending like a dove. The heavens torn apart. In other words, God is on the loose. And when God is on the loose, it takes the form of a dove, 
not a noose. Jesus' baptism launched a revolution of love. And after his baptism, he would spend 40 lonely days in the wilderness where he fasted and he prayed and he faced temptation. And after that, Jesus spent the next three years teaching his followers a radical way to live, a rule of life, a countercultural set of values best exemplified in the Sermon on the Mount in the form of what we now call the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, this isn't exactly, I don't think, what folks mean when they type hashtag blessed in their social media feeds, but this is Jesus' value system. And nobody, to my knowledge, held a sign with the Beatitudes on it at the Capitol building on Wednesday. It just wouldn't look right, say, next to gallows and, and noose. When God is on the loose, it takes the form of a dove, not a noose. Church, we have work to do. Wednesday, January the 6th was Epiphany. It always is, January the 6th, Epiphany. Epiphany means manifestation, it means revelation, and in the Christian tradition, it's the day that we celebrate the Magi finding their way to the Christ child guided by a mysterious star that illumined their way. And when the light of Epiphany shines, it can reveal what is hidden in darkness. And on Wednesday, January the 6th, 2021, a, a dark side of America was revealed to the world, to the shame of our country, and to the shame of the church in America. Church, we have, we have work to do. I don't exactly know the way forward. I can't see the future. I can't really picture how this dark chapter in our American history resolves. I'm just a local church pastor. Perhaps like you, I'm trying to make sense of it all and my role in the madness. But here's what I believe that each person of genuine faith must do as a starting point. Number one, we must commit ourselves to the truth. We must not contribute to the spreading of lies and disinformation. We must not get sucked into conspiracy theories based in suspicion without facts or empirical evidence. <clears throat> we must check the facts before we send that email or make that social media post. There's really no excuse for spreading disinformation or falsehood, not when it's so easy to go to Snopes or PolitiFact or one of those fact-checking websites. Proverbs 12:22 says this, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. We must commit ourselves to the truth. The second thing is this. We must commit ourselves to humility. Too many of us are walking around with a superiority complex these days. 
imagining ourselves better than others who look or think or worship or vote differently. Humility means that we're willing to reevaluate our own thoughts and ideas, recognizing that no single person, including yours truly, has a monopoly on the truth. I once heard Walter Brueggemann, brilliant Old Testament scholar, say this. He said, dare to think you're wrong. <laughs> That's humility. I didn't see a lot of humility on display in the videos I watched from the Capitol on Wednesday. Even though the Bible teaches us that God requires us to do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with God, Micah 6.8. We must commit ourselves to the truth. We must commit ourselves to humility. And number three, we must commit ourselves to nonviolence. If we are followers of Jesus, we must put away our swords Remembering how Jesus rebuked Peter for his violent resistance to Jesus' arrest. So if someone that you listen to on talk radio or follow on social media, if they call for someone to be executed or hung, pretty good chance that person's not really a true follower of Jesus. Oh, they may invoke Jesus' name, but anyone who calls for death or bloodshed is not a genuine follower of the Jesus that I know. Unfollow anyone that calls for violence. Stop giving them a platform. And again, from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this. He said, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and tooth for tooth. But, Jesus said, but I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. Truth. Humility, nonviolence, that's where we start. More will surely be required of us, but that's where we start. Don't give space in your brain or your heart to those who don't embrace these three fundamental values of authentic Christian faith. <clears throat> now, there's a lot that's masquerading as Christianity these days that isn't very Christian. <laughs> a lot of what we saw on Wednesday brings embarrassment in my mind to the faith i've got a story back in college i drove a 1987 dodge daytona it was red and it was cute and if you held your head just right maybe stuck your tongue out a little it almost looked like a sports car and it was also in college when i started to get really excited about my faith my excitement about my faith was growing alongside my sense of self-righteousness and superciliousness and so one day I went to the Christian bookstore and I bought, uh, I saw this bumper sticker and it said, big bold, and it said, I heart Jesus. Heart in big red, you know, big red heart. I heart Jesus. And I saw that bumper sticker and I was like, I heart Jesus. And I want the world to know it. And so I bought that bumper sticker. And then I went back to my apartment and and I got that bumper sticker out, and I was getting ready to put it on the back of that 1987 Dodge Daytona, and I kind of bent down and put it on the bumpers, and, and I peeled the back, and it dawned on me. You know, if I put this bumper sticker on my car, I might actually have to drive the speed limit. So you know what I did? I took that bumper sticker, and I threw it in the trash. <laughs> And I continued to make good time with that little Dodge Daytona. Now, as I've gotten older, my 
foot isn't quite as heavy as it used to be. And hopefully I'm not quite as self-righteous as I used to be. But I no longer have any interest in putting an I heart Jesus bumper sticker on my car. You want to know why? I'd rather honor Jesus by how I live instead of with public displays of affectation. We honor Jesus by, bringing pe- by being people of truth and humility and nonviolence, not by bumper stickers, signs, Bibles, and crosses proudly displayed as pretense, somehow justifying unholy actions as if they're God-breathed. The thing is, when God is on the loose, it takes the form of a dove, not a noose. We please God when we follow suit. So in our scripture lesson today, we find Jesus humbly submitting himself to the waters of baptism. And these waters mark the beginning of his ministry. The same is true for us. The waters of our baptism prepare us to face rough waters throughout our lives. One of my favorite verses from Scripture is Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2, which says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. So, my dear friends, do not be overwhelmed by the rivers of chaos. You are a child of God baptized in the water of God's mercy and grace and forgiveness. And like Jesus, may we live our lives so that we can see the dove and hear the voice of the Lord saying, You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. And in you, I I am well pleased. <laughs>